Welcome, everybody, to Back to the Hunt, a Supernatural podcast. My name is Chris Barros. I'm Dan Cummins. Nice to be here, Chris. And yeah, we are here. This is episode one. This is our pilot to talk about the pilot of Supernatural uh, and, and what this podcast is. It's really important to kind of clarify this from the beginning, Dan. Uh, we are both watching Supernatural as a rewatch. We've watched the show in full. Yes. And this is our experience rewatching it. And we should stress this for that reason. This is not really designed for those who maybe don't want to get spoiled for anything. So let's definitely spoilers are coming. There's Mm -hmm. no avoiding them. Yeah. So, so yeah, but we'll make sure we note the episode. This is, as I said, uh, season one, episode one, this is the pilot. Uh, Now, Dan, let's go back in time. This aired September 13, 2005. And we, we went a little bit, we have to open this because it's the first episode for us Mm -hmm. where we were at this point in time in our lives. So let's start with you on that one. Yeah. I was born in 1994, Chris. So if you do the math, I was 11 years old when this show came out, which is really kind of crazy to me because the the show only ended, you know, this past year. So I've quite literally grown up with this show, with these actors, with these characters. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen this show time and time again, you know, when it's on Netflix, I believe it's still on Netflix. It's, it's my, my comfort food when it comes to, you know, you just want to show, you want to stick it on. Maybe you want to laugh. Maybe you want to cry. Maybe you just kind of want to hang out with the boys, you know, in the backseat of the Impala. It's a, it's, it's, it's a show I always go back to, but um, yeah, I was 11 years old. My sister was a a big fan of of Gilmore Girls, uh, of course, hit show on the CW. And so um, I think at that point, Jared had, had left the show. I was never a fan of the show. Is that right? He left to do this. I, I believe that's okay. Because as I go back to it, I think I've just think about my wife who watched Gilmore Girls and she talks about him not being on the show or at least as a main character, not being there. He might've shown up again right. a few times, I, I would imagine, but Okay, yeah. so so they probably ended his arc at some point. Sorry for any Gilmore Girl fans screaming at us right now as they're listening, right. but, uh, but hey, they saw potential in the guy and they said, hey, let's give him the co-lead of the show. And so, and so was, you know, if you recall when the show aired, it, it was not the funny, you know, meta show. It, it became, it was quite dark and uh, really uh, borrowing from the horror movie genre. And so, um, my dad agreed to let her watch it, my sister. But of course, he he wanted to watch it too to make sure it was you know okay for a thirteen year old girl at the time. Um, and so I I jumped on board and decided to watch the show. And um, yeah, I was hooked. I mean, who as an eleven year old you know boy who's not gonna love to see a cool classic car, rock tunes, you know, coming from the radio? Both leads are hilarious. Uh, really guys guys right sam in his own respect dean and his um yeah i mean i saw parallels just from my own life in dean i'm an older brother uh my dad is very similar to john in a lot of ways and so um it was a no-brainer for me once i saw that pilot uh, i was hooked and i would say probably up until like maybe season seven i was there every single time the show aired Um, and we're talking way back on you know the wb before it was even on the cw um, it's, it's, it's crazy to, to think where the show started and where it ended up. And the fact that I was along for that entire ride, um, it's, 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 it's really remarkable. Yeah. Well, you're better than me. You're better than me. I, I started watching the show probably. So I'm, I'm in 84. I'm, I'm 84 as that, as, or as they apparently call us now a geriatric, 
geriatric millennials, which <laughs> whoever came up with that, I don't I heard that one. Yeah, that's a, I don't like it. Um, but yeah, I, I born in 84. So I was 21 when the show came out, but I don't think I started watching until I was like 26, 27. Uh, oh, interesting. It, yeah. So it was going on for a while at, at that point. Uh, I came over partially because I love the X-Files. There's a lot of interconnected mm. um, things yes. from writers to production people. I mean, Mitch Pileggi is eventually on the show. William B. Davis, Jim Beaver, and all these people all yep. appeared in episodes of the X-Files. So, uh, you know, there there's a deep connection there. So someone said, you like the X-Files? You're going to like this. Okay, sure. I, I, I wasn't sure about it, and I didn't do it right away, and I eventually mm -hmm. got there. Um, I, I end up watching it falling in love with this show yeah. um and my wife was a fan of gilmore girls so i thought i could get her into because oh look sam didn't that didn't work um and i remember because i actually saw this on facebook the other day i looked this up and uh in one of my memories it says i i actually asked because i got to season five and i won't well i won't talk too much about the finale of season yeah. five but i'll just say i asked is it worth continuing after this oh because yeah. the finale of season five you know is was intended to be the original finale to the Correct. series uh, and then it mm -hmm. kept going. So, right. and then so I said, yeah, keep watching, keep watching. And um, so I did. Uh, I I don't know that I loved season six and seven, but you know that's something for a future cast. Yeah. Um, and I will say because uh, we wanted one of the things we wanted to break down as we talk about it, really the two key characters in this episode in particular. Um, and we're always going to speak to these key characters, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, especially when we get to new ones. But for me, you know, first and foremost, my favorite character, is Sam. Sam, when we start this pilot episode, 22 years old, he's a senior at Stanford. Uh, he's yeah. got a 174 out of 180 on the LSAT. He's applying for law school, and he has this really eager to kind of move on from his family. Yeah. Uh, and we don't know all the details why per se. We, we have an opening scene, obviously, that that – in this pilot kind of sets the stage where we know why he might want to escape a little bit, mm. but we don't know what's happened since that, that moment when we see baby Sam in the opening of this show. Um, and it was interesting about this was this really was a character who was pitched as a, this was a show pitched as a supernatural star Wars and Sam was meant to be a Luke Skywalker parallel. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Dean's your favorite though. Sam, Sam has been my favorite. I just, I don't know what it was about Sam. I really connected with Sam as a character. So yeah, um, for me, that was a, you know, very easy to connect to um, and enjoy his character growth. Even though I don't necessarily believe, I, I don't necessarily like, I, I don't eat like Sam and I definitely love classic rock. Sam's not the biggest yeah. classic rock guy, but classic rock at the heart of his show, which it has to get mentioned yeah. because it's critical to the show. Yeah, definitely. You you mentioned that you had to make the decision of of watching past season five, and I had the the same you know hesitation. But I, I think as we spend time on these two characters, Sam and Dean, the reason why I tell people that are interested in watching the show when they get to season five and they ask that question, I say, if if you're interested in these characters, you need to you need to stay because you you do see them grow, and there are some headaches, there are some repeated you know storylines between them, but. But for me, as I said before, when I watch the show, I feel like I'm hanging out with those two leads. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the banter between them is, is it, it, the I should say the chemistry between the actors really shines through in the show for the characters. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Dean. So again, I was 11 years old. Funny enough, you were 21 when you started watching the show. Sam was 22 yeah. in the show. So it kind of makes sense why you would connect 
with Sam in that way. But but me being an 11 year old boy, you could maybe see what I liked in Dean. Um, of course, I said I'm the older brother. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, as again, as an 11 year old, this guy drives a really cool classic car. He's a ladies man. I mean, he hits on Sam's girlfriend in this pilot episode, uh, which is just <laughs> hilarious. Um, he's, you know, he's got the quips, he's quick, he's hilarious. Um, but on top of that, like he, you can tell this guy really sort of idolizes his dad and he, he feels protective over his brother. For me, when I started watching the show, very much the same. I still respect my dad and I still have a great relationship with my brother, but I saw a lot of um, honor in Dean and that virtue uh, is really important to me as well. So I think, you know, beyond the surface um, and as we learn about Dean up to season four, I mean, you, you soon learn he's, he's not as confident as, you know, his bravado would have you believe he's a, a tortured soul in a lot of ways. And, and that only made me like him more. So, so I do love Sam uh, big fan of, of him as well, but how can you not like Han Solo? Right. Everyone loves Han Solo, which is Dean, Dean is literally a tortured soul. Let's break down, you know, let's break down a few things in this first and foremost, first impression. Uh, you noted it already, but the, the, yeah. the, the, the pilot is so much darker than yeah. like when you come from seasons 14, 15 and you've there's a, there's a lot of humor happening. Right. But the, the pilot, it does take you back. And I remembered, I'm like, wow, this is what drew me in. And yes, mm -hmm. I grew with the characters and we, we got to the point we were, but from watching it years later, I'm like, this is uh, a different show in a lot yeah. of ways. And that's okay. Um, the, 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 the lighting is a lot darker. It does take me back a little bit as an X-Files fan too, which was a very, which was a dark visual. Um, every X-Files fan had a scene with a dark room and a flashlight where you barely saw anything. And yeah. this takes some of that um, and some of those X-Files writers are there, so not shocking, but definitely darker. The thing I noted also as a comparison, and I was telling you this earlier, is Sam and Dean, um, as we look at this episode, um, and the bulk of it outside of the intro, which I think we have to talk to a little bit like that opening shot of his show, but Sam and Dean, just as a duo, they, they work well together in this, but they actually are really bad at impersonating law. Sam doesn't know what he's doing because he's like, <laughs> why are we doing this? Yeah. Dean gets caught. Like, mm -hmm. so it's interesting to see that when they get, for the most part, really good at that fairly quickly into the show from my memory. Yeah. Um, so as we're doing this, as I said, I'm trying to watch these in tandem with the recording. So um, I'll have more and more memories come back along the way. Yeah, the, I think those are three really strong. Uh, like if you've watched this whole show, which again, hopefully you have. Um if you compare season 15 and, and season one, obviously like the tone, the, the lighting, the set design, I mean, it really smart of, of um, Eric Kripke to position this show in that way. Because if you think back to 2005, I mean, the hit sitcoms back then, the office, um, you know, uh, I, I just looked it up uh, a few hours ago. My name is Earl. If you remember that show, I mean, these shows were quirky and fun and, you know, kind of, uh, soft around the edges. This was not that. This was something that people were like, "Wow, what is that? It's so different and edgy." Um, but within this show, you know, there's, there's, it really, it's, it's a family drama. Um, so, you know, props to them for positioning the show as such. Um, as you said, the, you know, the impersonating the law. I love that from the pilot because 
Sam and Dean sort of become legends in their own right by the time the show is over. I mean, they're the most famous hunters on the planet as far as anyone's concerned. I mean, angels, demons, monsters, they all know who the Winchesters are. So it's it's really kind of cool to see in season one, the pilot, that these guys you know, kind of barely know what they're doing. But man, over these years, that they become the very best at it. So um, yeah, yeah well, it's, it's great. Well, I guess we should break down a little bit about this episode from the key moments and let's mm-hmm. talk about that opening that what an opening I, I is what, what I opening. say. I mean, you, one, we talked about being dark. I mean, yeah. the, the idea of watching his mother go into the, the bedroom yeah. of Sam. And then later on, it, it's interesting too because uh, his father is asleep on the couch and then mm-hmm. you, she hears the noise almost. Right. I, I say it's in this, it's a motherly instinct almost. Cause you all, you barely hear much of anything. And then she immediately, she's like, something's wrong. She's running up. Mm-hmm. And then when he wakes up and you see a, a dad who we learned so much more about over the years and, yeah. and, and how he came to be the way he is, but, and he goes up and there's just this nice shot, serene image of, you know, so cool. baby Sam. And then, the drip and mm. the look up flames, boom, supernatural. Yeah. And, I, and I, like it grabs your attention from day one. And I compare very few shows did this for me. Lost did it with its pilot episode. Supernatural mm. did it with their pilot episode. Um, very few grab your attention with a bam um, for me. Um, so quickly on this one, did it within what? Three minutes. Really? Oh it's- yeah. Quick, very fast paced. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the guy, but but he was, uh, and uh, I'll find this this name later and mention it in later episodes, but he was known as the Pilot King because a lot of the pilots he touched turned to gold and went on to become great shows. So credit to him. Um, man, what a what a pilot. I mean, that image and and for the and for the episode, I'm jumping ahead a little bit before before the end credits roll, we see it come full circle with with Sam and his love interest, right? So it's like that cyclical nature. You saw it happen in the beginning to his mom. You see it happen to his, you know, his his girlfriend, the person that he's devoted the rest of his life to. And it's like, this guy can't catch a break. Who is this Sam guy? Like, what the hell is going to happen in the next episode? You know, it's, I mean, it really leaves you on a hook there. Yeah. And it's important, I guess you can really speak to the end of the episode. With, I think it's okay to go ahead because there's a parallel there. There's a yeah. parallel between the opening and the closing. Very obviously intentional uh, in mm-hmm perfectly lands a beat for the show because towards the end of this episode you you do get to a point where technically the show could end it could be one and done right if sam just goes back to school uh, yep. but the case uh as we talk about this plot one thing that we're always going to have in these early episodes is a really good big bad urban myth something yeah. along those lines there's a few plot really true plot driven episodes that are not around the monsters but this one's has that right this one has a great monster you're yeah. gonna have the, the yellow eyed demon um in there essentially the prince of hell you know yes you, 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 but the real star of this one is the woman in white constant mm-hmm. constance welch now I, I looked this up this is really based on what you'll mo- more see in urban myth as a white lady or a lady in white but right. essentially it's the same thing and these are generally as you've seen the show ghosts of deceased beautiful they're they're ghosts of these deceased beautiful women who wear these white dresses and they essentially had unfaithful husbands and drowned their children which is just such a lovely thought right um <laughs> so they spend this eternity looking for their kids um and they can never go home uh 
what a thought though as you see like it's there, there's two levels to it for me because one of the first shots you see is this teenager who mm. not surprisingly willing to be unfaithful on yeah. you know their teenager um love it means a few things there and not always as true as we think when we're teenagers yep. and w- willing to you know some pick up this girl and hope hoping for something when he gets home and uh he surprised when he gets to this ghost house and yet she she kills him right um so what a visual again, because there's a blood splat. There's a lot of actually in retrospect, there's a lot of this use of like blood splatter. You've oh, yeah. a drip or a blood splatter happens constantly in this, which is a striking visual effect when it's just splash against a, a, a car um, window that, that you're barely seeing anything, but that happening. So again, visually striking and different colors, bright red to a dark white gray, uh, yeah. which Visually, I mean, there's can be some cheesy stuff in these early seasons, but um, I mean, that's a very clear design in terms of color from the. Oh director. yeah, yeah, they're they're very clever with this pilot, and and if uh, if you refer later to this pilot, you will see like some uh, some special effects. They're very clumsy. I mean, the budget for this pilot very low, but when you see them using blood splatter, so simple, but they use it so well, you're like, wow, that actually had a lot of impact, even though it, how simple it was. They really knew how to use it and to get an emotional response from you. Um, and, and just the overall plot of the woman in white. I mean, we're we're sandwiching in a monster of the week in the middle of a family drama, in the middle of an overall arc of this yellow-eyed demon who is haunt, you know, haunting this family, essentially. I mean, there's so many layers to this, but they pull off each storyline so well. I mean, it's incredible they're able to do all three of these things in what 45 minutes of airtime? It's it's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, you think about it, they get to uh, what after that the incident the with the initial with the it's probably it's not the first but it's the most recent case that the yeah. town is dealing with. They get to that bridge and 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 you got Dean rummaging through the trunk. It's like, oh no, here we go, we got it. Yeah. And, and he's holding up this like, and they're just like, "You're marshals? <laughs> like, who in the right mind would believe these people to be marshals?" And they don't. And and that's the best part because. He's like, Dean gets busted. Um, and I was yeah. mentioning that earlier. Dean actually getting busted, which you just don't see all the time. You no. eventually get to a point where they're, you know, majorly untouchable. Yeah, yeah, untouchable. Yeah. Um, but they're running credit. The other thing I should know is they're running credit card scams at the beginning. Yeah. So I forgot about the credit card scams because they get to a point where they're they're good for reasons. Yeah. But uh to see that and go back to it, oh man. That's um, great. And I and the scenes are very they're almost awkward. And so you see them, I, I'm looking for yes. seeing them grow as they get better in dealing with the law or faking, faking mm-hmm. out the law. Uh, the thing that is important to point out, but I, that I would say too, is that the lady in white, obviously, um, or in this case, the woman in white or lady in white by ermine myth um, ends up being taken home later in this episode. Um, yeah. The brothers are, building their relation throughout this you can tell sam is getting probably frustrated throughout but sam ends up doing something that later on if it happened i swear dean would have screamed even louder which is he drives the car which has now that has the the woman in white in it trying <laughs> to get sam to essentially succumb yep. and drives the car straight into the house and i'm thinking to myself how did he not like like destroy sam for that because i swear later seasons like it gets a tiny scratch he freaks oh, out yeah 
Yeah. I mean, and what, what an introduction for, for baby too, right? The Impala, man, what a, what a really cool, I mean, it's gotta be top 10 coolest cars from pop culture, at least on my list. Yes. Um, and yeah, but you know what, when, and we, we warned about spoilers, right. But when, when Dean and his father's relationship, John, when that starts to fall apart, baby in a way, it really kind of becomes his relationship with his dad, like, immortalized in this object. So I agree. I mean, he's definitely defensive of the car, but that's like the third lead of this show too, man. The, the car, you care about the car. You and I are talking about a car. Well, especially in the first few seasons, because we don't have mm -hmm. a, a, another pivotal character who's going to come into play a few seasons right. in. Yeah. That really is the third lead. Yeah. Uh, and in the, We got to mention the music in the car. Uh, just a, right. a few quotes that have to get conversation that happened in the car uh driver picks the music shotgun shuts his cake hole <laughs> i say it uh, all the time i steal that all the time great quote uh and then when it comes down to it, the music in the car just sam going for and saying you got to replace these cassette tapes mm -hmm. and the line ends up being and uh, well what's wrong and it was like well for one they're cassette tapes yeah. uh, and 2005 classic and, and really uh the the music in the show is stellar yeah. uh i want to just note there's a website tunefine.com where i pull a lot of information about music whenever i look at a show um i actually think it was um audio slave who who did gasoline in this show um which is playing when they're getting ready for the the party at the beginning and we're finding out that sam's gonna go to law school but you go here you can you can see some great music in this in particular i just want to shout out Ramblin' Man shows up in here in this in this uh, particular episode. Back in Black shows up. Highway to Hell, yeah, very appropriate, uh, essentially because it's the Impala driving down a dark road. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, just a few to come up. Uh, worth noting: Boulevard of Broken Dreams and Enter Sandman apparently would have been in in it in the unaired version of the pilot. So interesting. That is according to. Uh, tune find at least but but here you know dan before we get to that end uh which yeah. we need to focus on i want to make a note of there's a dialogue that happens in this show and this actually happens at the beginning of the episode and dean mentions uh the gates of hell in clifton new jersey we are not far from the gates of hell in clifton new jersey That's so right. i wanted to bring up he mentions you know remember the you know clifton yeah. uh, so this essentially is a location that's behind the Black Prince Distillery in Clifton, New Jersey. Uh, apparently, it looks like just any other collection of drains. But the the urban myth is, urban legend is, you go in and you'll find that it's uh, essentially home to the devil, and those who are enter possessed have the power to lift the giant axes that weigh thousands of pounds and block the door. And if you go in deep enough, apparently, you can go to hell. Um, Love it. So. There you go, Clifton, New Jersey. We had to give it a shout out. They yeah. make mentions to other places, even if we never visit them. So we'll try to bring those up when we catch them. But that's yeah. what I want to make sure I did bring up because they're great, especially these earlier seasons. I mean, the the lore, the attention to detail, the research they do behind this this lore. I mean, it's it, that, it's a it's a really strong. We mentioned Monster of the Week, right? It's sort of a a family show, but on the side they're doing this Monster of the Week. It's not like they're just making up you know, things uh, off the top of their head or even repeating monsters for the most part. I mean, they're usually pretty unique until we get into those latter seasons. Um, my particular favorite, the Jersey Devil, which I think happens uh, past season 10. I can't remember exactly what season, but um, yeah, the, the monster's always fantastic. Yeah, so that's one. Well, again, they always mention one. That one we don't see, though I will say 
when they do eventually get to how there are some spots that look like they're within a pipe. So I don't know. Maybe they yeah. got those lines. Uh, let's talk about they they go they again they drove the car through. She's in this. It's almost horrific scene. Oh yeah. As her children say, come like the, the the children slowly walking down the steps, water dripping, like yeah. the, it, the the scene. It's frightening. If, if you pick, I, I can only imagine. I mean, you were eleven. I was much older. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't. It was scary. It, it just it's that must. I don't know, but it seems a lot more frightening when you're eleven than when you're twenty six or twenty five. But uh, it's still like, oh my goodness. Um, oh yeah. And visually stunning. Again, the dripping water down the the steps. Mm -hmm. uh, you you cinematically, as much as it could be corny at times, uh, it it looked great. Yeah. And then she her just disappearing, like afraid of her children. Yes. Uh, we see the monster sh start to show some vulnerability, and that's probably the scariest part of all. We're supposed to be afraid of the woman in white or the white lady, but then she's afraid. She's she comes face to face with you know what her crimes why she's in her current state and i mean that really was that really drove it home for me you know on the couch sitting in the dark at 11 uh watching these two brothers try to you know clean the world up i mean yeah it was it was the the perfect ending to to her story and again done in 45 minutes i mean probably less yeah. than that because you don't see her till halfway through the episode it's hats off to them yeah and let's point something out let, let, because i know everyone associates this show with you know, carry on, wayward son. Oh yeah, Kansas. You know, we hear this for a while in the show, so I I just think it's funny. Good that point. That's not something we hear. We do hear a song that I think is worth mentioning. That I want to note. Hmm. Uh, a lot of the music for this show is done by Jay Gruska. He you you can find the song on Spotify. End credits and Mo Guitar Grit. Uh, it's a great. It's the end the end music um, that you hear on the show. L great, fantastic song check it out but jay grus could make some really great music for the show so i want to make sure we shout that out uh they go though at the end of his show they're back at he, go, he goes back he's he's gonna go be the law school guy yeah and one and done it it doesn't work out um, no because it's a perfect parallel as we mentioned yeah the the when he just the the fact that he lays down in the bed just yeah. like he was laying there in the first one. Um, I never thought about it in that way. And I was, you know, 15 years younger, but yeah. just, oh my goodness. Like the, uh, there's something to thinking about that. This is how we're going to do it from a directoral perspective and uh, yeah. impactful. Um, and when he sees her whole, I, I just remember just like almost the first time falling out of my seat, just being like, they did not do this again. Uh but the second time around, uh, it's still powerful. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's Sam, right? Like the whole episode, he doesn't want to go with Dean to find their dad. He doesn't He doesn't want to live that life anymore. He he wants his own path, right? He, he already dealt with the death of his mom, which probably feels guilty for, right? Was, he was in the crib. I don't know how much detail Sam knows at this point of, of probably very little, right? Why Yellow Eyes is targeting them. But for him to not want to be a part of it and then for him to come home and have his future ripped out of his hands and the one person he loves you know facing the same fate as his own mom i mean it's uh it's yeah. such a tragedy but so so brilliantly done um and how about dean again you know full circle who who saved sam from the burning room when his mom was on the ceiling that's big brother dean and, and who's there to to save him when you know jessica's on the on the 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 roof it's dean again i mean it's it's 
it sets a stage too for what is a story for 15 years yeah of dean looking out for his brother yeah uh, from end to end that's that's what it is his purpose uh, and that's what his purpose was. Um, right. So he steps in and it ends with this really fantastic shot, the closing of the trunk. We've got work to do. Mm. And I, I, I just think, again, it, it's a fantastic pilot. One of the best pilots I have seen. No uh, and it, it stands out um, again, darker. Uh, I think if I was, you know, in terms of giving this just a ton of credit, I mean, this is this is a nine or above on a on a on a scale of ten easily yeah. in terms of the pilot. It, it's nearly it's probably a near perfect pilot. Uh, if it there's there's certain certainly moments where maybe the as you noted the special effects could be better, but part of that might be just knowing what we can do now. I, I don't know that that's even yeah, a fair fair, fair assessment because X Files at the time was extremely campy, and I love that just as much. So it's a great point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But that that's a look at a, a fantastic episode pilot, <laughs> you know, great title. Yeah. Uh, I'll note, by the way, for everyone that this episode takes place in three places, Jericho, California, Lawrence, Kansas, and at Stanford University. Uh, we're going to be back with the next episode. We're going to be talking about episode two from season one, which is Wendingo, which is Sam Love and Dean it. pose as park rangers to help a brother and sister search for their lost sibling. The Winchester brothers believes have been taken by a Wendigo, which is a fantastic urban legend right there to jump right into. Mm -hmm. um, part of that episode I know is, you know, they think their dad might be out there. Um, yeah. It's part of the part of a trail because there's his book. I, we should note that they got they get access to his book, which is now yeah, journal in this episode. Mm -hmm. That's a critical piece. Um, I don't want to linger too much on John, you know, Dean being in jail because Dean works his way out of there very quickly. Um, <laughs> As he does. Sam. Thanks yep. to Sam, but he doesn't. Yep. Um, yeah. Anything you want to leave a note on this one? Any final thoughts on this episode or anything that you're excited about with uh, episode two? You know, uh, the one thing is that um, we, we both watched the pilot so we could talk about it fresh. Right. The other thing I did was I rewatched the last episode because after seeing it, I heard people say online that there are a lot of parallels. They pay homage to the pilot in the last episode. Um, so if you're listening to this and you want to, you know, follow us along, do that as well. Watch the last one, watch the first one, write down the parallels that you find. Cause I found a few, Chris, I don't know if, if you've tried this. That. Yeah, yeah, you should do it. There's, there's quite a few that fun my, uh, Consider that my assignment. I'll do that before the next one. There you go. Everyone has homework to do. There we go. Um, but stay tuned. We'll be back uh, again. Uh, you can uh, definitely like subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I'll be dropping this, of course on my Twitter and other such places as we try to get the word out about this. But being in the pilot episode, we just hope some of you will join join us in having some fun rewatching Supernatural. And uh, as we said, next episode is season one, episode two, Wendigo, which aired September 20th, 2005. Uh, on that note, I'm going to thank you for joining us as we go back on the hunt. And we'll look forward to hunting with all of you very soon. We've got work to do, Chris. <laughs>